Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rainer Troy Radio. After USC's win over Colorado, we're going to give you our reaction and so much more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address, Reign of Troy at fanside.com. And our phone number, 818-643-7227. Suck at What's Bruin Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Ranatory Studio in Los Angeles, Elisa Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, 9 a.m. game, which was so weird because I had to wake up early for it. But the great thing is, woke up early, watched the first half, and it was nice because I got to be able to go back to sleep. Um, and I just woke up right now to do the car cast. Uh, what happened? What did I miss? <laughs> what do you think? Well, USC won the game, Michael. No. Oh. USC well, that's good. won the game. <laughs> well, the I, I've, w- heard they, I've heard USC, they played to win the game. Yeah. USC is 5-0, and oh, Michael. A that one, is what happened. <laughs> one win from bowl eligibility. One win from bowl eligibility. 5-0. Wow. and oh, Undefeated in the month of September. Unbelievable. Uh, that's two months of undefeated football for USC. <laughs> this is true. August and September. That <laughs> yeah. is that is uh, that is a great start for the Trojans. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all 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 good. All good things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, no kidding. Anyways, uh, the Trojans win forty eight forty one. A game in which uh, SC was up big at halftime. Uh, with a score of 34 to 14 in the second half, they got outscored uh, by a grand total of what is it, 27 to 14. Um, not great, not great, especially on defense. SC gets completely obliterated in the second half defensively. Uh, they had a decent first half defensively. I I thought USC's I de- defensive. Perfect. Audi in the first half was pretty good. I would have ac- absolutely acceptable. taken that if that's if that's what it was going to be the whole game, um, but it wasn't. Uh, Caleb Williams uh, looked like Caleb Williams. Absolutely, uh, four hundred and three yards, six touchdowns. Did have the worst throw of his season this 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 year so far, uh, with an interception. His first interception of the season, uh, but four hundred and three yards, six touchdowns. Brendan Rice looked great. Uh, there was that guy, uh, Taj Washington, looked great. Eight catches, 117 yards. Uh, USC had that uh, that one running back. Marshawn Lloyd. Yeah, he had uh, 13 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Um, 
But I think everyone in the chats, all 8,000 of you, I think everyone wants to talk about the defense. So, first thoughts. Alicia, go for it. First reaction to what happened. Um... That's speechless? No, because we didn't see anything new. This wasn't new information. This wasn't right. something that came out of nowhere that was like, oh my gosh, USC can struggle to tackle, can struggle to cover passes, can struggle to get home in the pass rush, can miss tackles, have bad passing lanes, miscommunications on defense can have you know questionable coaching and strategy and all sorts of things like none of this was new Mm -hmm. this was all known and yet i i i don't have any more words i i don't have any more excuses i don't have any more i have no more F's to give about this defense, to be to be quite honest, or the the people running it. Uh, you talk about a championship standard at USC. You talk about wanting to compete for a national title at USC. That is the stated goal. That is the mission of this season. Everyone knows it. It is not a surprise. These are not underdogs fighting for a chance to win a national title at USC. Mm -hmm. If that's going to be your stated goal and that's going to be the standard to which you hold this team, this ain't it. Right. This is not a championship standard on defense. Yeah. It's barely a championship standard on offense, but that's unfair to the offense because they put up 40, 48 points and that should have been enough to put it. There should have been Miller time. There should have been a cakewalk home. After putting up 48 points, they did the job. Would I have? Do I think that this team, this offense, should have another 20 points in them? Absolutely, absolutely. But they did their job. They did the 48 points. That's that's fine. You you cannot tell me that this is an acceptable defensive performance. You cannot tell me that this is acceptable at USC. Mm-hmm. Not if you're not if you're trying to play for for a national title. Yeah. That's just that's just flat out the case, and ASU last week scores twenty eight points, and it's bad because ASU has a bad offense. But we say, well, you know, they're on the road, circumstances are weird. Like it's not a good performance from the defense, but uh, I mean, at least they came out in the fourth quarter and got a bunch of sacks and 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 responded in the second half. Like it's. What we saw here, this was the first half-decent offense that USC has faced this year. This was the first good quarterback that USC has faced this year. Mm -hmm. This was the first team that has aspirations of scoring 40 points at any point in the season this year. And not only do they put up 41 points, but they put up 564 yards of, of offense. They convert 9 of 18 third downs. And they turn what looked like a blowout at halftime, what looked like a comfortable victory for USC, into a seven-point nail-biter that came down to an onside kick. Well, it came down to really horrible time management. I mean, the time management at the end. Did did Colorado realize that 
they had a chance to go out and win this game. Running the runs on first down when they're under three minutes, what are the, I don't know what, Colorado really didn't want to win this game, but like when it comes down to it, the, the let's take the win and loss out of the equation. Just take the win and loss out of the equation. Was this a performance that makes you think that USC is a national title contender? What what about this performance makes you think that USC can be a Pac-12 title contender? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing, honestly. Nothing. And the, the the thing for me is that the, the first half, like, I, I, I said all week, I thought the matchup was good for Alex Grinch in that... Colorado struggles against the blitz. Uh, Shooter Sanders struggles against the blitz. Struggles to throw on the run. Um, he looks very normal th- throwing on the run. He looks like a very average quarterback run- throwing on the run. You give him time to, to kill you, he will because he's a good quarterback, right? In that first half, I thought I, I thought SC had the right game plan, uh, which was to make Colorado run. And I know that there was a lot of frustration on Twitter, uh, in our Discord, over in the Rot Squad. Uh, not happy about you know Colorado being able to run the football. They ran the football a lot in that first half, but I thought that that like let them run. Let Shadur Sanders beat you with his legs rather than his arm. Okay, like whatever. Like take that trade off, right? In the second half, Colorado made all the adjustments and credit to Sean Lewis, their offensive coordinator, for making all the adjustments of hey. We are not good on third down uh, if we cannot protect Shadur Sanders. We are not good against the blitz because when Alex Grinch brings the pressure uh, and we can't protect Shadur Sanders and he's made to throw on the on the run, he's not great at that. So let's let's do things like bubble screens. Uh, let's throw little out passes. Let's you know quicken the tempo of the passing game. And once Colorado did that and forced SC to make tackles in space, that was like the the worst thing that, that could have happened to SC's defense. A, because we know that SC is susceptible to getting burned in those instances. But number two, SC had no no plan of action against the against the adjustment. No adjustments to the adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Because once it started rolling for Colorado, it was just all the momentum was in their favor and USC didn't have an answer to that. Yeah. And yeah. it was it, it was just the same typical things that USC has done, but they were just heightened because USC was on the road against a Colorado mm-hmm. uh, team that was at home and, and, and the crowd got going and, and USC lost composure. And I think that's an even bigger issue for me in this game is that when... When USC needed the stops against ASU, they went out and got the stops, and it was like, okay, well, it, it, we'll give them credit for that. In this, when USC needed the stops, they weren't getting them. Right. They weren't getting off the field. They weren't getting... Uh, uh, you know what it was? When SC benefited from the game being close against ASU because uh, ASU sort of had to go away from what they were doing at the beginning. Uh, the first half, there was all the trick plays, right? The second half, oh, oh shoot, the game is close we have to play like normally uh and then asu struggled against that and then sc gets up and then asu has to throw the ball a lot and then it leads to the second seven sacks in the second in in the fourth quarter right this game uh going up big just allowed colorado to like completely change what they were doing and that's when sc just has you know no answer to it it's the, it was the literally the the cotton ball all over again yeah yeah but that's yeah. I mean, okay, so 
The co- After the Cotton Bowl, what were we sitting here I saying? Mean, like, you right. cannot persist with this defensive coordinator. I right. understood why they brought him back because that's just what you do. But we said after the Cotton Bowl, you cannot persist with the- this defensive coordinator. And Lincoln Riley put all of his chips mm-hmm. in the basket of Alex Grinch with some better athletes will get better. Right. Well, guess what? I agree with uh, with Rob Bowen, our, our friend over at uh, 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 Beta Rank. USC. The defense is better. Is they're not better, good at, but they're not but good. That, but it doesn't mean much given the starting point, right? Yeah. USC's yeah. defense is better. Yes. USC does have better athletes. The, they are still not good. And, and the worst part of it about it is SC is better on defense. Yes, I agree. I, I fully buy into that idea. Um, better than last year in a very comparative way. Um, that doesn't mean that they are worlds better to the point of being more of a championship team. No. Uh, but also, you know what else is better? The offenses that they're going to face this year. Yeah. Like, they get to play Bo Nix and Michael Penix uh, instead of first year at Washington State Cam Ward last year. Like, they they faced Washington State. Or Oregon State or, without or a quarterback. Or Oregon State without a quarterback. Like, they... the The... The, the coin flipped is not in SC's favor. They got to go on the road and face um, a Notre Dame team, A, in South Bend, but B, with Sam Hartman at quarterback, the most experienced quarterback in the country. Like, all these things are worrisome for SC. Uh, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, I thought SC, yeah, the, the second half, things get a little stagnant. Um, Colorado sort of throws caution to the wind and brings a lot of pressure and SC's offensive line could not deal with that. Uh, and you saw struggles um, against pressure with, you know, Caleb at times, right? Um, which is what you have to do if you're a defense. And so I think for a lot of it, you Colorado put on tape exactly how to play against this SC team, which was pressure them on offense, force, uh, force Caleb to have to deal with the blitz and get out of the pocket, we know that he's really good at that, but you'd rather that than him just sitting back in the pocket and carving up his own defense like he did in the first half. Because where... you, at, you at least have the chance. Like, it's not going to happen that often, but you at least have the chance that one time he's going to be rolling out and try to make one of those incredible throws that he makes, and it's right. just going to short, and you're going to get the interception. Like, yeah. at least well, you have that chance. The, the interception, the classic case of noticing that Mario Williams is there, Way too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put on Discord. This is this is classic me and Madden. Yeah, I noticed that a dude is open way after the fact, when it's so obvious that anyone can notice the guy is open, and then I throw, and then it gives the defense time to go get the ball. Um, that's sort of what happened here. He he notices that Mario Williams is open just a little bit too late. Um, if he throws that while Mario Williams is coming open, Mario still running. He's still running to touchdown, but um, doesn't yeah. happen. Uh, and the offense doesn't get the big touchdowns in that fourth quarter to salt the game away. A scoreless fourth quarter. Are you worried? Does that worry you at all, having a scoreless fourth quarter when the game was on the line that the offense didn't answer the bell there? Absolutely. The last two games, the second half offense has not been good. And that's why I say it's like, 
I don't want to focus on the offense because they put up their 48 points. And 99% of the time, any team that puts up 48 points should be winning that game very comfortably. Mm-hmm. If, if they're USC and they expect to be a, a championship-level team. But USC's offense in the second half did not help USC's defense in the slightest. They look sloppy. They, um, I think they remain over-reliant on the pass, even after the defense has decided that, like, like you said, we need to just put pressure on Caleb Williams and see if we can force a mistake here or there. And that's what happens. But when you're, when you're up, like run out the game, Colorado did a better job of running out the clock than USC did. Mm -hmm. You have running backs in, in um, Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones who are reliable veteran guys that you should be able to hand the ball off to. Theoretically, your offensive line can create, enough running lanes to justify handing the ball off a few times and USC doesn't do it. And, and I, and I get it. There were a few, there were certainly moments where USC was running the ball and not getting any joy from it, but there were just as many moments where USC was passing the ball and not getting any joy from it. So at, at some point I just want to see USC, USC commit to running out a game commit to out physicaling a team by just saying Marshawn Lloyd here is the ball on every play let's see what happens mm-hmm. instead USC has a bunch of drives where it's like and I get it I'm it's very difficult when I'm asking Lincoln Riley to take the ball out of Caleb Williams's hands or as you pointed out before we went on like I'm asking Caleb Williams to take the ball out of Caleb Williams's hands because a lot of these situations are RPOs where he's pulling and, and, yeah. and not handing well, the ball off. They could run the ball a lot more if he would hand the ball off more. Uh, some of those are the, the run's not there. He's not seeing the run there. Yeah. Um, but, and, and so maybe it's a good decision that way. Some of them, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But, or maybe just like maybe have it not be an RPO in that case and just say, we sure, commit, yeah. we commit to running the ball, take the decision out of, out of his hand. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there was something, admirable to me about Stanford in that game against USC years ago where run power and you stop us like we will run power and you will stop us and theoretically in this matchup like you can't do that against Notre Dame you can't do that against you know Washington or Oregon or whatever um or Utah like those kinds but in this game why can't you do that and if if it's because you don't want to do that, then I have a question. And if you can't do that, then mm-hmm. I have a lot more questions. So, you know, why why is that not part of the part of the equation? Um I think it's a mistake. I think it's a game management mistake. I think it doesn't help the defense. There is no excusing the defense in this scenario. If USC scores 70 in this game and USC gives up 41, I'm still pissed off. I'm still sitting here starting my starting the game ranting about how the defense is not of a championship quality. And so we need to, you know, maybe be readjusting expectations of this season. Not mm-hmm. that they need to be re- readjusted terribly because it's not like we learned that much new about the defense, as I said in the beginning. But if on offense, if the offense was more stable in the second half, the defense might not have needed to panic as much 
Colorado might not have been jazzed as much. Colorado might have been demoralized in the way that USC's defense looked demoralized mm-hmm. if every touchdown that they score is a touchdown that USC scores as well. So there's an interplay there, absolutely. But still, USC goes on the road and scores 48 points. So yeah, job I, done on offense. I, I think in a lot of ways, SC's biggest... Um, problem on offense is how good they are and how good we know that they can be. Yeah. Because I think so much of the the criticism not criticism, but you know, the the nitpicks, the the frustration that uh is there with the offense um ends up looking like a nitpick. Looking like those things where yeah, SC needs to be better pre snap, uh SC needs to run the ball more, SC needs to do this, SC needs to do that. Absolutely. Um, in the grand scheme of things, they're statistically like the best offense in the history of the program. It's a, it's a little rich to like sit here and say and and point out all these these uh, little problem areas. That's not to say that they they can't have faults. They absolutely have faults. They absolutely we absolutely should be critical of, of any of these things, right? Like I just think there's some there's some nuance here. Um, just need, you can't be three of nine on third down. You can't be three up nine on third down. I thought that absolutely that was a problem area. Uh, I thought the other problem area was just the inability to sort of weather the storm there at the end of the game. Um, when you look at SC's uh, last three drives before not, taking out the the kneel downs, the last three drives were interception, punt, field goal attempt. That is, yes, I... I I understand that there were adjustments made and that you struggled against the adjustments, but like you, you, you gotta do something there, right? Because in in, in a game where it feels like the defense, um, you know, can't get a stop to save their life. If you back them up with just one more score there, you put this game out of reach even further to a point where you just don't have to worry about that. This is a very, very important point. And this is a very important segment of the game to focus on because Right now we're talking about a 48 to 41 win over Colorado. Yeah. Where we are acknowledging that the defense is not there, that the defense is not going to be able to be what it needs to be in order mm-hmm. to take any of the pressure off of off of USC. So right. what we are implying and now explicitly saying is that USC has games coming up against offenses that can score. That often USC is going to be in a shootout with most of the teams that are left on this on the schedule certainly the ranked teams that USC has left on the schedule so in a shootout you cannot have your final three drives of the game be interception punt missed field goal right because the other team will have not spotted you Mm -hmm. 28 points right you have to be able to in that in that moment when it starts getting nervous when it starts feeling like Colorado might have a have a moment like a championship team puts their foot down and says no like well, we're going to respond i i think this is one of the follies of the the shootout and and follies of one of the sort of like the the idea of big 12 football which is force your, force everybody into a shootout under the guise of we are going to shoot out better than you because we are going to be better on offense than you and put all the pressure on you to have to keep up with us. And I think that when SC is as good as they are, that strategy is going to win 98% of the time. 
and you see it. You see you see it with how good Lincoln Riley has been and all these wins, all those things, right? The downside is it requires you to be absolutely perfect sometimes. And when you are not perfect, you get put in a situation where you're like, here's a prime example, a game in which your Heisman Trophy winner throws six touchdowns and you feel like you got out of Dodge. Left points on the table. And, and like, you know, you can sit here and say, well, you know, if they got one more score and all that stuff, which is insane. It's insane to say about the offense, right? Um, you know, because you end up requiring perfection at that point. Uh, and you don't want to be in the position to need perfection out of anything. This is college football. Nobody's going to be perfect. You're going to play other really good teams. You're going to give up 40 points multiple times a season, regardless of how good a defense that you are. Georgia will give up 40 points. Hey, they, they like gave up 40 points to Ohio State in the playoff last year, right? Like, teams will do that against teams that are elite. The problem is you can't do it against Colorado, a team that, you know, you dominated in the first half uh, and seemingly had the right game plan for in the first half on offense and defense and just couldn't respond uh, to the adjustments, which it's got to make it tough if you're like looking at this and, you know, at one point in the game, I put out a tweet that surely aged poorly. Uh, it was about like, why, why can't I enjoy a game like this? And I'm like, hey, SC is covering the spread. They're up by 27. They have a Heisman winning quarterback uh, who is on the, like, playing the, the best uh, level that you've ever seen a quarterback play. All these things, yeah, sit back and enjoy it. It didn't age well. And it didn't age well in part because if you signed up for DraftKings, it might not have been good if you bet against the spread. But hey, tomorrow, you're in Colorado right now, right? You're on your way back to the hotel. You're you're in Boulder. You're stuck in traffic right now listening to the car cast. Probably. Probably. Maybe you're back home. Whatever it is. That just means that tomorrow you can get in there. You can get in there with the NFL games because if you sign up for DraftKings or your new user, get 150 bucks with bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager five bucks on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive 150 bucks in bonus bets. All you got to do, Alicia, is what? Sign up for DraftKings. And use the code Reign of Troy. Use all the one code word Reign one... of Troy, all one word. Yes, use the, use the code Reign of Troy. The best part is using that code Reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus, but helps support the podcast. And if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code Reign of Troy to maximize those first bets. So when you had the spread and it didn't work out, hey, guess what? You can... They got your back. Uh, this offer is available uh, for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states such as Colorado. Uh, and coming up soon, Illinois and Indiana. So please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full term uh, of the offer. Uh, Alicia, let's take a you know slight quick break and uh, come back and talk more uh, about the old defense. But I also want to sort of open up the mailbag a little bit. 
Lisa, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've got mail. All right. We've been getting a million questions here in the YouTube chats. Uh, so let's just jump into it. There's there's a million of these. Uh, DMJ for USC. Do we blame Grinch or the lack of ability to recruit four and five star players? Here we go. The age old question. I guess. I guess here's my thing. How many five star players does uh, does Utah recruit? How many five-star players does Oregon State recruit? How many five-star players does Washington State recruit? Those are the better defenses in the Pac-12. Do you, like, if, if you're standing, if we were talking about a USC defense that was good, but maybe not great enough to lead USC to a national title, mm-hmm. that would be a different conversation. All I am asking of this defense is to be sufficiently middling in the Pac-12 and they are not like it should not well, come down you should not have to have five-star players I, to, on to your defense fair, to think, not give up 41 points to Colorado I, I fully understand your point and I agree with you but to be fair I think SC does have a middling Pac-12 defense I mean okay but no I, I, I get your point yeah. yes yes you're right yeah uh, I, why, why, I, I saw was, was it in the chat or was it a tweet something about like I think it was. In, I think it was. Uh, it was in the chat, and I'm sorry if I if I missed who said it. Uh, if you combined SC and Utah, you'd have the perfect team. You would. I mean, you really, you really would. You would. And there's, I guess, a level of por qué no los dos it, 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 to where I'm at with this. It's like yeah. I fully am sympathetic to the idea that when you have a super explosive offense, when you have an offense that can very quickly and efficiently put up points that your defense is naturally going to be um uh, might might end up giving up 
a few more points a game because they are facing more possessions a game because they are facing a more desperate offense to try and keep up with a, a more desperate and aggressive offense to try and keep up with your offense like I am sympathetic to all of that but that is accounting for maybe like three points a game not 41 points not a defense that gives up an average of uh of of you know 30 points a game to every of every decent half decent offense that they that they face. Right. Um and these aren't even like this is this is the the USC has given up 28 points to San Jose State, 28 points to Arizona State and 41 points to Colorado and those are in the bottom half of offenses that USC will face this year. So like that's where I'm at. That's that's why I'm so that's why I'm so um annoyed by this but you shouldn't need that le- like you, you shouldn't need five stars all over the field to not have this be a problem. Um so yes, I I I think it's a defensive coordinator issue. I think it's been a defensive coordinator issue. I think that there's just sort of no getting around that. I Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't disagree. Um uh Orcliffe or what? I I hope I get that right. Uh, it says in in the chat. Can we can we question why Lincoln seems to love the speed D philosophy so much? Even if Grinch get, gets fired, I'm not sure the next guy won't be a continuation of the same thing. Well, I mean, it's tough because speed D speed D is a thing for a reason because offenses are fast and you have to be able to right keep up with those those offenses I think my my perspective on this I shared in a previous episode where it's like USC's last three defensive coordinators have been in the ultra aggressive bracket of of uh, of defensive coordinators and I think if you're USC you probably don't have to have an ultra aggressive defensive coordinator because you will have a, a solid offense on the other side and you will have good athletes who you should maybe be able to trust um it, trust to sort of win their win their battles without it being a we have to you know blitz on every on, on every play but that's mm-hmm. assuming that you're developing the players that you do bring in and I think USC has had a development problem for sure um and USC certainly has a, a, a like I said a defensive coordinator problem that doesn't mean that the next guy that you brought in if you hired somebody of a similar philosophy would automatically fail that philosophy itself is not necessarily like where everything's going wrong it's how you utilize it like Mm -hmm. usc had a an offensive philosophy under clay helton that like the philosophy wasn't a an wasn't a a bad idea of like spread the ball out and and you know do all of that it's it's the people who were trying to implement it were not particularly skilled at doing so right yeah and the other thing is you know would the would the next hire be a continuation of those things i i don't necessarily know that there's enough of a track record um lincoln riley has essentially hired one defensive coordinator since being a head coach and that's yeah. Alex Trinch. He hired him twice, but he's hired one guy. So like we yeah. haven't he inherited Mike Stoops. He ended up firing Mike Stoops mid-season in 2018, but like he hasn't shown like 
he that he has this repeated pattern of hiring the same type of guy. He hired literally the same exact guy twice. But um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think the other thing is, and maybe this is just my pessimism about college football in general. I don't think there's a lot of the good defensive coordinators. There's like three good ones in the entire country. Everyone's defense sucks. Like this idea that like, you know, you, you can go to someone and find a solution. I don't know that that is going to be guaranteed no matter what you do. Uh, in part because the offenses are just so good these yeah these times. Like, you know, you look at the guys that SC has hired where you say that was a good hire, Justin Wilcox, who didn't age well. Like, it just didn't work at SC, right? Justin Wilcox has worked at elsewhere well, right? But, like, there's... That and that's that's the worrisome part. Um, you know, hopefully the key is to match them with the talent and get the um, the benefits of all those things. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know that it's as easy as just going out and getting the best possible guy because you get the best possible guy and that's the best. That's obviously what you should do. Whoever that is, Jim Leonard, whoever it is. I don't know. Pessimistic me thinks that. Is that going to work with this type of offense period? I don't know. Like, I just think it's very clear that USC can upgrade at defense. You can upgrade, yes. And, you know, to be fair, we talked about it last year. We talked about it all offseason. All this defense needs to be for SC to be a playoff team is better than last year. Yeah. Um, And so because they were one win from going to the playoff last year. So they don't have to be a Georgia defense to win a national championship. And that's why that's why it's so frustrating because yeah like you don't need you don't we're not asking Alex Grinch to be a top 5 defensive coordinator it would right. be really, which US, makes it easier if USC could yeah. get a top 5 defensive coordinator my god would would yeah. the dynasty start but you know yeah, people, Aranda the chat yeah people yeah. in the chat are, are mentioning Dave Aranda yeah Dave Aranda you can't tell me Dave Aranda with this defense with the same well, defensive personnel couldn't he he's the probably the the perfect candidate in the sense of like being paired with an insanely high octane offense mm-hmm. and still winning a championship. So yeah. he yeah. literally did that with, you know, Ed Ogeron as the head coach who Yeah. 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 So uh but but that's the idea that it will be the same if USC moves on from Grinch and and like goes with the same philosophy. I I don't buy that. I think that um, that you should be looking at Alex Grinch's inability. See, Alex Grinch was a good defensive coordinator, was, but one of the things that's really important in in sports in college football is to with the times i was listening to a podcast about like the, the dolphins and the broncos you're talking about like he's like he's 60 though there's the, no, but that's the funny that's part a, you can be a good defensive coordinator five years ago and right. if, if, if yeah, in those sure. if you didn't if you're stuck in where you were five years ago you're already behind yeah uh, and that's what the, the i was listening to a podcast about the dolphins and broncos and like sean payton and and the 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 gap between you know what worked before and what works now is very different and you see that mm-hmm. on on the field we right. saw that monty kiffin was a good defensive coordinator until he got found out you know clancy pendergast had many good years of being a perfectly solid defensive coordinator he was the organ whisperer until 
yeah until he was and then and yeah. you know and things get things get found out so like you have to have the guys who right now know how to stop the offenses right now and first and foremost know how to develop the talent and I think that what we've seen from Grinch over the years is that he has continually deteriorated as a defensive coordinator for a reason right. that is sort of the chickens coming home to roost now. Yeah. Um, the problem that USC is in right now is, as everybody you know in the chat is talking about, like leave Grinch on the tarmac, get rid of Grinch, blah blah blah. Uh, you you bringing up uh, Stoops sort of got into my head because Lincoln Riley has made a midseason defensive coordinator change. Yes. He fired Mark Stoops after uh, Texas beat Oklahoma 48-45, and that was in 2018. Did, did you look at the rest of the schedule, I looked though? at the rest of the schedule. What, what, <laughs> what are the point totals that follow? 27 uh, points to TCU, 14 points to Kansas State, 46 points to Texas Tech, 47 points to Oklahoma State, 40 points to Kansas, 56 points to West Virginia, 27 points to Texas, 45 points to Alabama. So, like, the problem that USC is in is that they are, when you made the decision to keep Alex Grinch and this staff intact after mm -hmm. the, the Cotton Bowl, right. you locked in for 2023. This is the defense yeah. that you have. And theoretically, maybe you make that change, which, by the way, that change is only happening if USC loses this game. Um, you make I, that I change. I think so, too, yeah. Yeah, you make that change and the you hand the reins to, I don't know, Dante Williams? No. Odom? No. The defensive so analyst, the, the Greg Burns? Uh, not, not Greg Burns. Um, yeah, like... You maybe, you, at best, you maybe get like... Greg Brown, yeah. Greg Brown, I, that's it. You get like a field goal better. You, you're still sort of stuck with what you are. Now, to the credit of that 2018 uh, Oklahoma team, they went on to win. They won out until they got to, to Bama in, um, was that a playoff game? Or is that yeah, a, it was a playoff game. Yeah, in a, yeah. In a playoff game. Um, so it's, it's not like they were dead in the water, even with a defense that was right. not good enough. That's yeah. the... This is why anybody who's talking about how, like, USC sucks or whatever, it's like, no, no, don't get it twisted. USC still has an outrageously good offense that we are nitpicking about being only putting up 48 points on the road at, right. at, at Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sean Nua in the chat is probably, like, the one that if you gave me an option, I'd feel like, okay, that I guess it's worth a punt. I guess it's worth trying I, but even that, like, I, it's, I understand. I understand the idea, um, the the reflex of, like, just get Grinch out of there, et cetera, and all this stuff. A, I can't imagine the guy getting fired after a win. No. Um, B, like you said, I, it, I don't think you're a better football team just because you fired Grinch tomorrow. Like, I, 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 I really don't. Um when you brought him back, like you said, you 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 brought him back for the for the season. That's, that's sort of how it works. Yeah. Uh, Robin Murray says, if if we had more defensive depth this season, uh, then why are we not using it? Uh, as he had a couple of guys missing in this game, including Max Williams, who did not play. See, here's the thing, though. Like, I think we were using the depth. We did we did see the depth because. We saw Keon Bars out there. We, Dejon Benton was out there making plays. I saw Tyrone Teleni out there. Um, the um, 
the the defense we saw I'm pretty sure I saw Jacoby Covington out there they were down Max Williams and had to rely on on Bryson Shaw and yeah. I know everyone wants to see Zion Branch, but again, I will say, I don't think we've seen anything from Zion Branch to say that that's actually the, the answer. Um, I have major questions about why Tackett Curtis is starting over Eric Gentry at this point, I guess. I, 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 I have major questions about the linebacker rotation. I don't understand it, but at the same time, all of them are making the same mistakes. So, like, I, I don't know how to solve that particular problem. Right. I don't think that depth is not... Stanley Taufu was out there making making uh, plays. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of guys are playing a lot of snaps. So I, well, We got a question from Eric that says, do, do, you, do you guys put any accountability on the players? Yes, there were some scheme issues, i.e. Shaw having to make a tackle by himself on wide receiver screens. Thoughts? See... I I think that this is one of those situations where like I it's it's column A and it's column B, right? Like I think that there are players who are making who have made mistakes, absolutely, and you see those over and over again. Uh Damani Jackson uh, missing tackles. Uh one of them he slipped on, okay? Well, then he still missed the other one, like uh, and, and it turns a little bubble screen into a little bubble screen or a little out curl, some little, little things, you know, multi, we've seen multiple plays of these things get turned into a 75 yard, you know, play. Uh, and that sets up a short field, which then Colorado can go in and score. And suddenly they have a five play drive that just moves down the field in a minute, all because you missed one tackle. Right. And so there are moments where, yes, the players, I think, are making mistakes. You look at the touchdown right before the half, and, Alicia, you and I watched that replay like 80 million times. <laughs> I, like, Rajon Davis is on the field. A lot of fans wanted Rajon Davis on the field. Seemingly, he's the player who looks the most confused he, on the field, but there doesn't look like there's a, a lot of communication regardless of what's going on. So I don't know... I don't know exactly how to sort of determine that, you know, who's exactly to blame. He moves, he follows the running back in motion. Uh, Christian Roller Wallace follows the running back in motion. They both vacate the middle of the field and Trudor Sanders runs into, right up the middle. Kalen Bullock goes out into the, in, into the left, not, not quite to the flat, but like in that kind of area, yeah. almost like it's the, I couldn't figure out what the coverage on that play was. It didn't make any sense to me. Rajon Davis looks like Yeah, I'm not, so I, based on based on past results from the defense. I think it's probably the the safest bet to sit there and look at the linebacker and think, okay, he looks like he has the least idea of what his job is on this play. Right. So but- it's probably him, but also what is going on on the play with with everything, I. Uh, but but the the thing for me is like yeah, Rayshon Davis ends up looking like the the guy who blew the play. Yeah. Well, is that because he screwed the play up or? But we don't know. Or, because... or was he put in a bad position? Because the the first touchdown, the pass over the top, Kalen Bullock sort of collapses down pre snap. Shaw has to sort of cover the deep center field area and just gets burned, and he's in a position where like. 
I don't think it would have made sense. Like it was a very difficult spot for him to be in. Yeah. So I think a you're seeing players put in spots that is very difficult for them to succeed in. B you are seeing players make mistakes over and over and over and over and over again, making the same exact mistakes, uh, like the missed tackles, like Damani Jackson. We're talking about on, mm-hmm. on the edge. So you can sit here and we can say that yes, these individual plays and players are the problem. When it happens over and over again, like the direction of the the blame has to at least also go on the scheme too. Like we yeah. talked about it before that I think there is there is a way to sit here and find merit um, in the scheme when the missed tackles are your only points of mm-hmm. breakdown. Missed tackles were not the only points of breakdown in this game, so that does not fly in this game. Again, if you have missed tackles over and over and over again, you can only blame the missed tackler so many times until it's this, you know, until systemic it becomes, problem. It becomes a where are they being put on the play that like, right. like the thing about missed tackles too is a lot of times they get misconstrued as he wasn't able to wrap up and make the tackle. But ninety percent right. of the time, when you're not able to wrap up and make the tackle, it's because your pursuit angle was wrong. It's because you came in to make the tackle at the in, in in a difficult angle or at an angle that, that benefited the um the ball carrier. So like a lot of it is where did you start on the play? What area were you responsible for covering? Um and some of that might be own reaction like you might have just been slow reacting to the play, but there's also a lot of, you know, are you being asked to do something that you are not capable are you being asked to cover cover yards that you are not capable of covering? Um and it's up to the the coach to understand sort of how that works and that's sort of why on that 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 scrambling the the running court uh touchdown by um sanders by sanders one of the things that i still just like don't understand is during the week we had kaylin bullock being highlighted by national um national guys about how he's an incredible center field defender yeah and then we're watching on a play where like kaylin bullock the center fielder is being taken out of the middle taken of the out of being the, taken the into center no fielder, man's yeah. land and it's like well was he supposed to do that was that part of the design both ish both one is the direct result of the player but that means the coach didn't have him prepared to run the play that was that was in design right was it was it a reaction to colorado being able to run the ball as much as they did in the first half and is are you adding him to the box is that like yeah a lot of these things a i'll never understand because i don't have the x's and o's iq uh but b just as even as a layman watching these things don't seem to make a lot of a lot of sense sense. yeah Um, yeah yeah. and that's and that's the bigger issue and that's why i'm feel i feel very comfortable with saying the buck is stopping at the top here guys i know that people want to hold the players accountable and i think that's perfectly fine to hold individual players accountable for their individual mistakes but 41 points is not on one individual player it's on the whole team and the 28 points against ASU were an accountability issue across the defense and the 28 points against San Jose state were same thing. And the 40 some odd points against Tulane and so on and so on and so on. Eventually you have to start looking up at, well, who's putting those players in what position again, these things would be the, the outcome or the reaction would be different if these were one-off performances. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not one-off performances. The The Cotton Bowl happened. Last year happened. 
so yeah, you can't just point out to, oh, well, if uh, Damani makes that play and if uh, yeah, that was just a miscommunication and then those are, you know, maybe two touchdowns that are off the board and, and suddenly uh, it, it, it is a 28 point win or like, you, you can't do those sort of things when it's been all these other things on, on top of that, yeah. uh, running through the, the Twitter, um, uh, list that we have of SC beat media, uh, some interesting Chris, uh, Trevino tweets, uh, quote, this needs to get fixed. It's embarrassing from Bryson Shaw, uh, Bryson Shaw, according to Chris Trevino then adds that Alex Grinch had them in the right spots, but they were not executing. We are letting him down says Shaw. Um, when asked about uh, Lincoln Riley, I mean, when asked about Alex Grinch, Ryan Carche says that uh, Lincoln Riley was asked if he has the same faith in, faith in Alex Grinch as USC's defensive coordinator. Uh, yes, I do, says Riley. So, yeah, I, I don't know what you were expecting to hear in those things, but that's those are the quotes. So We had a lot of conversation. We had a lot of time to have conversations about... Um the way that players talk about their coaches um, in the media and what during the clay, during the clay Helton era. And when it comes down to it, um, players have to take accountability for themselves because players as individuals have to be able to look at their play and take personal like, and, and it does, come down to them like it it, Mm -hmm. from their perspective it should come down to them so i never am mad at a like a player that's what a player should be saying in the media um that doesn't mean that the players are always right when they're trying to deflect blame from a defensive coordinator you're just like you don't as a player you can't be chase claypool out here literally saying to the media yeah they're not putting me in a position to succeed like yeah and you can't be that guy I, I if you want to have a career are, are bought in too this yeah. is another reason why like i understand the gut reaction to be fire grinch that'll change something i think that college kids are a little bit different than say a professional sports team that you can bring another coach in in the middle of the season mm-hmm. which you can't really do that in college football um especially when they are clearly completely bought in. This is not, uh, you know, uh, a hockey team that it's uh, right around Thanksgiving uh, and they are just out on the coach and they've given up playing for the coach and then you're going to go out and and get Daryl Sutter to, you know, pick up the mess left by Terry Murray. This is not this is not that instance, right? Like, this is not the same thing. Um, clearly... Bryson Shaw is going to, you know, fall on the sword for Alex Grinch because they're, they're bought in. So uh, let's go to a question from Randy. Do you think Grinch's de- defense is overly complicated? And does it put the defensive players on an Island too much? Um, I think it's definitely, I, I think, think there, so. I think there's a certainly an argument for it being overly complicated, at least for the, the players that he has. If he, if he had a team full of, of, Super, sur- but but even then, like, what are we talking about? Max Williams mm-hmm. always been touted as a, like a cerebral guy who who has a good football brain. He has issues in this defense, so like, yeah, right. no, it's too complicated. I'm just gonna keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cam Life says, do you think that Clancy Pendergast or or Tyler Lander were better than 
than Alex Grinch, I am thinking that they are. I I I don't think that there's enough of a difference, and that in and of itself, I think, is the indictment, right? I can say with some certainty that Clancy Pendergast was better than Alex Grinch at this point. I mean, UCLA's defense was pretty atrocious last year. Oh, okay, well, no, sorry, Clancy Pendergast at USC, but again, but again, Clancy Pendergast is a really good example of like. I think he's someone who's it, sort of his 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 play his defensive play calling has aged out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that certainly happens, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff in the chat, by the way, says he'll give a hundred dollars super chat if Michael drinks a Thanksgiving meal in a blender. Turkey, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. I I'm sorry, Jeff, but you can keep the hundred bucks. I I appreciate the confidence, but no mashed potato, Hor- horrible food, mashed potatoes. Um, uh, your five head says, when is it time to admit Riley is who he is at this time? Great offensive mind, doesn't care enough about defense to win national championships. I, Here's the thing. I don't think he doesn't care about defense. I think he cares about defense. I think the problem is um, he, his focus obviously is on his his philosophy is to maximize what the offense is, and he trusts a defensive coordinator who doesn't deserve all the trust that he's getting in the climate in which college football is, in which his defense is not nearly as successful as it could be. I like, I know that the, the idea is that, that Lincoln Riley has this track record of bad defenses and all this stuff, but like, yes, if he went out and got a new defensive coordinator every year and in, is, is that what, is that what he needs to do? Is, is that what the, the thing is that he needs to literally fire his guy every year and hire a new one is, is what is the, what is going to show, Obviously, he hasn't shown people the opposite of of giving them confidence in that. But like, I don't, I don't think the dude doesn't care about defense. I think that's just, that's a simplistic way of looking at it. You know, at this stage in his head coaching career, uh, Nick Saban had just arrived at LSU and gone four and eight, and then went on to have. He was also a defensive coach. So yes. No. 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 He was a defensive coach. Yeah, I'm not I'm not making a Lincoln Riley to Nick Saban comparison in that sense. Okay. What I'm saying is that when Nick Saban was 40 years old, he had not achieved a single thing in his in in his coaching career. Lincoln Riley is 40 years old. As you say, he has hired one defensive coordinator in his career. This is growing pains for him to to yeah. write him off as someone who doesn't care about defense or doesn't care about winning championships is insane to me. Like the the he has a blind spot for Alex Grinch. I think that is very very clear. But these are the lessons that young head coaches lo- learn while they are young. And Lincoln Riley has not learned his lesson yet. But also, he's 40 years old and that should not be surprising right. that he has not figured it all well, out yet. Like Pete Carroll has always said that his failures in the NFL were the were, were what caused him to rethink his philosophy and then turn around and become a better head coach because of it. Mm-hmm. Failure is a is a very good teacher, and Lincoln Riley. Unfor- I mean, maybe that's Lincoln Riley's problem. He hasn't failed strongly enough in his career so far 
that he hasn't had to learn directly I, from that from the defensive perspective. I think that the, the, I think that is because he fair. hasn't gotten burned by that's, his defenses. That's that the problem. Often. Yes, that's the scary and, and thing. it's a very good point that the offenses that he has have been too good that he hasn't had that four and eight season to to have the reckoning right. Um, and so how do how do you get rid of a defensive coordinator in which you go eleven or one? Like, especially in, in year one in a new school, it's yeah. in a, in a, in a vacuum that coach does not get fired 99.9999% of the time outside of a scandal, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, obviously the cotton bowl happened and we said after the cotton bowl, the way the cotton bowl happened, that was totally worthy of like you, you know, being able to step aside and saying, actually I'm going to, you know, go elsewhere. But like, in most situations, nobody fires Alex Grinch in that situation, given everything else. So, yeah. But uh, Daniel Chats, it's time for you at USC to start back channeling to see if we can get Coach O back on D again. Okay, I. <laughs> oh, you did it now! You did it now! You're about I, to get a, a Michael. I'm sorry, brand. but like, if this is a serious thought in your brain, get rid of it. Ed Ogeron's never been a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator at USC in name only under um, Monty Kiffin, who was the associate head coach. Uh, and then Clancy Pendergast comes comes in and handles the defense as well. Like, he is not a defensive coordinator. He is a line coach who can recruit and is a rah-rah guy who doesn't have, like, is not an X's and O's guy, and on top of that, has insanely problematic things off the field that are asinine for a university like USC to go hire him. Even if so Ed Orgeron like, was... No, even if delete Ed or- the thought. Even if he was the greatest defensive coordinator that ever coordinated a defense, um, USC, no, no. There's a reason he does not have a job in college football no. right now. Stop it. Yeah, like... What what are we doing? What yeah. what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. I know people are frustrated, but it's 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 not that bad, okay? It's yeah, it's not that bad. No, no. Um, if if we want to talk about like starting a prayer circle to have Dave Aranda get fired at Baylor so that Dave Aranda becomes go. available, I'm here go. for that yeah. conversation. Utah <laughs> did SC a service uh, and, and a solid by yeah. um, by getting a win over over Baylor. Yeah. You know. Just, earlier in in the month absolutely uh lamont says does uh does max williams really making that difference uh that big of a difference on defense uh when he doesn't play uh where was bear this game i thought cobb is a leader but i think the true leader is gentry and he didn't play much i as i said before i i don't understand what's going on with this linebacker um rotation i I don't understand it. I don't know that any any version of the rotation fixes the problems on defense, but Eric Gentry was USC's best linebacker against ASU, and suddenly he's not the one playing. But we can, you know, we, we see left and right that players who are making the same mistakes that we saw um, Eric Gentry making, like Mason Cobb, like Tackett Curtis, continue to play over Eric Gentry and... and I, 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 I do not know. I wish I knew. 
I do not know. The, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm losing it with the chat. There's a, I, there's a Mel Tucker for his DC comments. <laughs> like, what are we doing yeah, here, that's guys? A troll. Come on. Um, <laughs> let's go to, uh, uh, question from Cam Life. Uh, why is USC having Caleb doing a bail technique when they are in the red zone? Unbelievable. I is he talking about Kalen Bullock? Because uh, like maybe did I bail? misread it? No, I saw the question earlier. It said Caleb, but I'm I think he might be talking about Kalen because like that's a DB thing, isn't it? Like okay, let's, let's talk about it as if it if it, if it's Bullock. Like I didn't, as we were saying about with the with the molten, the first two touchdowns, both of them are plays in which he crashed forward, uh, and you know he really really did seem like he was taking himself out of a out lot of, of those play. plays, like you were saying. So I don't know, I don't know. I I, <sighs> I would not not enough of an expert to truly give you the the greatest answer. To go back to Lamont's thing, by the way. Uh, about Max Williams, I, I did find it. Like I did find the the humor and the irony of all the frustration that people had with Max Williams last week, and how he needs to be, get bench bench number four. All these things, yeah. And then he doesn't play this time, and then, which is example A but for why the the 100. the actual lineup doesn't matter, right? Yes, like that's that's the, that is the biggest issue with this defense is that, yeah. Uh, even if you wanted to take the players who are making the most visible mistakes and replace them, you're not getting better on defense by doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's go to a question from early on. DMG for USC. Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon. How many of them do we win now? Um, I mean, the most pessimistic okay. take is you, you could say, well, I was just say zero, but no, it's not zero. No, because you're, Utah, you're playing Utah at home, and I'm sorry, but I, Utah at home versus Utah at Rice-Eccles is a, is a completely different it's animal. It's the meme of the dog, the strong dog. Yeah. And the, yeah. So I'm still taking USC in that game. Um yeah. I I think USC is in real trouble with Washington and Oregon. I think USC is in real trouble with those teams. Uh because Washington and Oregon don't have good defenses, but to my eye, like in terms of eye test, their defenses are better than USC's at this point. Um I don't want to do the Oregon, Colorado, USC, Colorado comparison because I think it is very different when you're you're Oregon and you're playing at Autzen and you're Colorado and you're playing at Autzen versus USC going into Boulder, playing at Elevation, all that kind of stuff. Like they're different games, so I don't I don't necessarily want to like do that direct comparison. But I will say from eye test, I certainly think Oregon's defense is better than USC's. Uh, Washington's is better than USC's. That's not to say that those are elite defenses who will be able to shut down USC's offense, but when we see USC shooting itself in the foot on offense the way that they were in this game, that's what we were talking about at the end, where it's like if you are in a shootout where you know the other side is going to score on every single drive, Mm -hmm. then you need to be perfect to match that energy. And like expecting USC's offense to be perfect against Washington, Oregon, and Notre Dame 
it's not fair to the offense. It's not fair to Caleb Williams. Well, it's not fair. Any defense to be perfect against those. This is the example of like why I don't think that we should use like a forty point outing against Washington or Oregon to be like some indictment on this defense. No. Guess what? This defense is going to give up 40 points against Washington. If you give like, me 40 points just against are. both of those teams right yes. now, I am biting your hand just off. Just be prepared. Don't, like, I, save the rant line calls. Well, no, actually, not enough people call into the rant yeah, Please call into the rant line. Uh, 818-643-7227. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, just those teams are going to score 40 points. Just expect it. Uh, the other team scoring 40 points is a problem. So, uh, yeah. Uh, here's a quite a, uh, a question from uh, Eddie Valencia. Will SC drop in the polls again? Again, the the polls are are multi-dimensional. It entirely depends on what else happens in college football. Um, I have my entire day so far has been consumed with SC. I don't even know what I haven't even looked at the other scores. This is weird. Well, Penn State was tied with Northwestern at halftime, but they pulled away 41-13. So I think Penn State is sticking. There's no nothing about Penn State is happening. Uh, Auburn has blown a 10-point lead against Georgia. Well, yeah, but, like, Georgia's also not in the yeah. not in the conversation that USC is currently in. Uh, uh, you, I think here's what, here's my take. I think USC will drop behind Oregon at this point because the like-for-like the like comparison is going to be – Way too Probably. strong. Oregon's on a bye, so like... Oh, no, no, sorry. No, Oregon's playing Stanford. Yeah, so Oregon's going to destroy Stanford. Oregon's going to move up against USC, move up over USC. USC's going to drop down to ninth. Yeah, the... the And Notre Dame actually could move up again above USC by beating Duke um, uh, strongly enough after this game. And the problem is, the problem is like this game, you can't complain about the rankings when this game confirms what everyone thought about your defense. So yeah. yeah. The 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 other thing is <laughs> talking about the the Oregon com- comparative scores in the first half it, you know yes Oregon was was up 35 nothing at home SC 34-14. The halftime scores were perfectly fine. I think that would have been fine. Like nobody would have cared. Nobody would 34-14 versus 35 nothing. You're on the road at 9 a.m. Yes, take that a million times. Yes. Uh and then the second half happened. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joel yeah. says I'm scared about the Notre Dame game, guys. Um we will see. We'll see what happens to Notre Dame uh, tonight on the road in Durham. Alicia, what are your um your Notre Dame alumni chats saying? <laughs> nervous about this one in 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 that do you mean my brother and my nephew who i my nephew's now at the age where he like can watch football and not necessarily understand it but like my brother can get him to say things about it this fun so i got a bunch of videos of him going fight on touchdown today and i'm sure i'm gonna get even more videos of him saying like notre dame touchdown tonight uh so that's the extent of my notre dame more reason for you to start brainwashing them I, I really got to I really got to get to. But you're just going to brainwash them in more Notre Dame stuff. No. Uh, Randy says, "Question: If you were Lincoln Riley, what would you try to do to correct this defense this year?" Thank God I'm not Lincoln Riley because God, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I, I mm, okay. My answer would be. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I think the only power that I could have is to start um, 
tinkering with the personnel decisions. Like, I don't think that Lincoln Riley can make major changes to the defense, but, like, he could put his foot down and say, these are the linebackers who are starting. And maybe he's already done that. I don't know. Like, he could put his yeah. foot down and say, these are the cornerbacks who are starting. And I, maybe he's already done that. I don't know. Um, the most drastic thing he could do is to fire Alex Grinch and hand the, the reins over to someone like Sean Nua or whoever. Uh is he going to do that realistically? He is not. Yeah. Um, Lamont says, uh, did, uh, did Larshawn Lloyd look off to you? Uh, he didn't run the same way. I, so we got a question on Twitter about this in the middle of the game about, uh, there was a question about, did he have the vision of Trent Richardson today? And I was confused about that because, okay, on the first the, th- the first touchdown, he runs to the left, runs into a wall, uh, and then reverses field and runs all around for a touchdown. Uh, completely, like, is that a vision problem that he recognized he went, the, like, he ran into the wall and then changed it? I don't think so. Um, he, I thought he, he ran pretty decently for the most of the game. I didn't notice anything being off, whether it be with his vision or physicality. However, I, I don't know that I haven't seen anything. Have you seen anything about what did he, did he come out of the game early? Because Austin Jones was in there in the fourth quarter. Um, and I thought that was interesting that when push came to shove on those last couple drives, it was Austin Jones and not Marshawn Lord. Uh, I think I, I don't think that there was anything particularly off with him. If there, if if somebody perceived that, I think there might be two reasons. One, he did take that big shot against ASU, and like maybe he's just you know five weeks into the season, maybe he's a little bit banged up in in terms of of that. Like if if he's got some sort of like deep tissue bruise or something on his thigh, like that could be making him. Not as, uh, he didn't look less effective to me. What really happened was, I don't think the USC offensive line won the line of scrimmage. I think it's really that simple. I think when he had a running lane, he took it, but there were not running lanes often enough, and that is an offensive line issue. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, Let's go to question from Jordan. Do you believe SC still has a shot at a perfect season? Perfect season. What yes, do you think? they are undefeated, and this offense can put up sixty points on anybody. Uh, as we, I mean, that example of that twenty eighteen, the the twenty eighteen Oklahoma, where the defensive coordinator is fired in October, um, they lost a three point game to a, to a rival, but they were very within their within their ability to win that game as well, and they went on and just won a bunch of games because the offense was that good we saw last year USC's offense being that good that is it likely I I wouldn't say is it probable no is it is it uh is it even a 50 50 shot at this point probably less lower percent than that but it is not out of the question that this offense goes beast mode and I I mean it's not out of the question this the schedule that's you know remaining for the rest of the game the rest of the season obviously way more difficult than last year's uh yeah. no denying that 
having said that, if you would have seen the like the talk about the defense last year after the Arizona game, the Utah and the Arizona game back to back, I think is very similar to what the vibes are right now. And yet at the same time, SC went on a run in, in November that nearly got them into the playoff as is. So yeah, I, I, it's crazy to say that they don't have a shot. They, they have a shot. Jeff asked. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't bet on it. Jeff asked, do you have a reasonable shot at going undefeated? Um, I mean, like I said, I think it's less than 50, 50% because well, it's the way offense, less than 50%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, like even a, Georgia has less than a 50% chance of going undefeated. Well, yeah, like realistically, that, I mean, that's true. Yes. Like mathematically. No, but if we were to find like defining reasonable, like within. I, I no, I don't think USC has a reasonable chance to go. No, I, I think there's too many good teams. I think more likely than anything, I think the Pac-12 teams are going to eat themselves. I the most likely outcome here is that USC beats Washington, loses to Oregon. Oregon beats uh, USC, uh, loses to. I can't do the whatever the round robin uh, yeah. situation is where. Uh, the home team wins each time, I think, is basically what that's, you will That's expect. probably the fairest way. Um, I I stupidly said the opposite in, in, in August in our predictions episode, so I have to, like, you know, valiantly, yay, go down with the wrong cause Yeah, but here. you also don't. You, do, you yeah. also don't. You don't need to do that. Like, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, no, you're, you're right. I think, I think the most logical thing here is SC beats Washington – Oregon beats Washington. Oregon beats no Washington, Washington beats Oregon. Washington beats Oregon. Oregon. Oregon beats, beats USC. SC. Yeah. Yes. And that's the home team winning each each. Yes. Game. Then the problem becomes who loses to Oregon State, Washington State, Utah, and UCLA because those that's, are coming too. Yeah. Those are the team that that's when you lose the 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 ability to go to the playoff or win the win the conference championship. Because if you if you go one and one against Oregon and Washington, that's fine. In the grand scheme of things, I know this sounds crazy. That is fine. If you split Oregon and Washington, that's fine. As long as you win the other games. Yeah. Winning the other games, extremely hard to do all those things because the schedule is that damn difficult. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's how it goes. Uh, Jeff says, how about this? If we go undefeated and Michael drinks the Thanksgiving shake. <laughs> How much liquid does it need? Because it, do a shot of the Thanksgiving it shake. Would be, yeah, is it just the shot or is it the whole glass? If it's just the shot. I think I could do the the shot. Like how it, it's got to get viscous, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. I'm done with uh, doing shots. Jules says it's unfair that SC has an unbelievable offense and no defense. It's like having peanut butter and no jelly. Kool-Aid and no sugar, cereal and no milk. Here's the problem. I would agree with what you're saying. Except, of course, we know that peanut butter, bad, jelly I good. Swear to God. So that actually that analogy doesn't actually work. But the other ones, I I can hear you. Uh, uh I I was somebody on Twitter said and I agreed, like the sad thing is this is a game where Caleb Williams throws six touchdowns, four hundred yards, six touchdowns. 
and USC's offense puts up 48 points and we have every reason to be like excited about that. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Sagar in the chat was saying like, it's all, it's all very negative. Like we need some positive or whatever. It's like, this is a game where Taj Washington does the Taj Washington thing. Brendan Rice quietly goes out and catches two touchdowns. Mario Williams catches a touchdown and sort of makes up for a lot of the questions that were had about him after last game. Um, there, Lake McCree is out here, you know, making making plays. Jude Wolf catches a touchdown. There are so many things to be happy about on this offense, and we yeah. can't spend any time on it, you know, on the show talking about it because we spend the whole show talking about how the defense isn't good enough. Yeah, I, that's that's the annoying part, and this is why. One of the you know I I not to go like big picture and sappy or any of those things, but like I think about my enjoyment of being on the podcast. Um, it waned at the end of the Helton era. It really waned. It was mm-hmm. it was a struggle bus. Twenty eleven. I like to the point where I thought about not doing it anymore. Like I felt like our energy was gone. Every, it felt like a burden, all those things that turned around, not only when Lincoln Riley came in and, you know, changed things that way, but when we started doing things like video and whatnot, and we, you know, had sort of a a new, but different audience at the same time, like, it reinvigorated the what, what we do, right? But I find it so disheartening when I see things like, oh, this is the same old SC, or uh, this, this is, is the Clay Helton era yeah. all over again. And it's like, I, I understand the frustration, but like, in the grand scheme of things, you have Caleb Williams as the quarterback... He is the best quarterback SC has ever had. And I know that this is the sad part. Might ever have. He is that good. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only so many games left of him. You have to enjoy every snap because every snap could be the last one. And so, so much of the nitpicking, well, so much of the criticism can come off as nitpicking more so. Um, because I think, yes, you should be critical of everything. You should be critical of every, should be critical of your best friends in life. You should be critical of your parents. You should be critical of, of whatever, uh, you should be critical of yourself, like just in life. Right. Don't just, you know, don't not be uh, of those things. Right. Um, at the same time, so much of the complaining about offense ends up seeming like, like nitpicking, um, and, it, and it's like choosing to be miserable and bring up like the Clay Helton stuff because like that was genuinely miserable for SC fans. This comparatively is not the same. This like, is like half, like half enjoy with what, what you have, like every team in the, yeah, with the exception of like three schools in the country would trade for what the situation SC is in. Like literally everybody's trading for this. And, and, you know, SC fans bitch for years about how bad the Clay Helton era is and then get this amazing quarterback and get this this coach who's changed up all this stuff and still choose to be miserable. It it's, saddens me to get in here on a podcast and talk about these things sometimes 
And so that's why it's frustrating me when the defense validates that f- the, the the pessimism. Does that make sense? And it's not the it's not the pessimism. Like I'm 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 not a you know pessimism versus negative. Like I don't care. Like let's just be honest about things and be critical when you need to be critical and be you know optimistic when you need to be optimistic and whatever. It's the like. Uh, VC says Grinch is killing our joy. Yeah, and like that, that the the sucky part is like, is that that's validating the the killjoy nature of it. And like that to me is is a bummer because you can't just like because t- t- even t- wins, even, y- yeah, even y- wins y- become become a, a you know a, a post mortem that feels like like a loss. And right. I think that there yeah. there is a universe where USC has a good defensive coordinator. And still loses a couple games this year because right. things are because the schedule is very difficult. But in those kinds of seasons, we would have like ten episodes, ten ten post game shows where we are talking about how though this was a good performance, these were the players that did well, these are the things we liked. You know, oh, we didn't like this, but it's mm-hmm. sort of not a post mortem the way that this is. But because the defense is this, even wins become the indictment of of right. the defense we can't even have these weeks where usc still remains undefeated usc gets out and it it sounds like the kind of car cast that we have had in the past when usc has lost a game which yeah and this not is like not this, it's not the same situation and that's no, like and, it, and the like, thing is like that, that's the frustrating part yeah but, and it's and, but it is but and it I'm isn't not, but it and isn't. i'm not gonna apologize for the negativity of this no. episode because we're warrants it these yes, are obviously. we're having candid conversations like the one thing i can tell you is like michael and i are not fake this is the same conversation that michael and i would be having in our living room right now if we weren't if we didn't have a podcast right maybe not for like an hour and 20 minutes because i would be in the middle of work but you know what i mean like this is just sort of the way that 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 we feel so, but we don't want to feel this way we want the team in front of us to not do this like yeah yeah and and, and not to say that like i don't want to just come on here and like oh they were great cool well, all is good like because that gets I boring have an like there's only so many times you can game. say Kayla Williams is great you know what I mean but, I want to like, have I want to have a car cast where we can come on and we can go through like like this yeah. play this play was cool or that play was cool yes. or this play was bad yeah. or that play was bad or like get into that where instead of these big picture just like you know fire the defensive coordinator I don't know I don't... right yeah, L- Lamont says I'm I'm with you, Michael. We have to live in the moment because we should remember what happened with our Carroll era ended, uh, and for all of our faults, I wouldn't change a thing to root for a different team. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I I think that like I look back at you know the Carroll era, uh, everyone looks back at it fondly, right? Like yeah. I think about it, and I look back at the 2005 team and all the all the things I've said terribly about the 2005 team in my life about the oh the defense was terrible uh uh blah 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 and you look back and it like that defense the 2005 defense which was relatively terrible for a p carroll defense would be insanely like great this year if you just plugged them into this and that is that's a realization that you can have uh, we says I'm only upset because it looks like everyone except Grinch is watching the game. I think valid, valid, uh, valid thought there. 
Uh, S. Dresden says, knowing that your team has no chance to be champions is game over. Playing ball just to be playing ball. See, this That's... is one of the things that that I uh, that kills me about college football, though, because I don't think that. I don't think that that's where it should be. I don't think it should be championship or bust. And but like this is but what what also when when SC comes out and puts all their money where to to go get Lincoln Riley and makes the expectations championship or bust, it creates a a, a idea that everything is championship or bust. That if it's not a championship, it's misery. Yeah. And then you add on to the fact that we're in this college football landscape that, quite frankly, I can't stand, which is playoffer misery, because now we're in a in a mo like we're in a in a in a culture where the the holiday holiday bowl is beneath people, right? Mm-hmm. Like growing up, I eight year old me in nineteen ninety eight nineteen ninety seven would have freaking killed to be in the holiday bowl. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And now it's a it's a completely different sort of thing that if it's if you're what S. Dresden is saying is like yeah like it I, that, that's not the, a unique thought. This goes back to some things I had to say in like 2017, where USC fans couldn't enjoy the fact that USC won the Pac-12 title, even though USC has one Pac-12 title under their belt. Yeah, since. 2008 mm-hmm. 2009 I think maybe it was shared I don't 2008, know. 2008. Yeah. I can't operate that way I, I just can't I can't sit here and say oh it's it's football just it's football for nothing it's like no number one USC is still very much in the college football playoff picture because of the offense um, number two the even if the playoff picture gets sort of taken out of you, USC is still in the running for a Pac-12 title, and until they are not in that running, then, like, just don't utter those words. Um, And number three, like, even if USC was out of the Pac-12 title race, I still get to watch Caleb Williams every week. Yeah. So I... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. For sure. Um, I want want to highlight... Tim in LA had a question. Can we attribute some of the late defensive woes to fatigue? The three possessions prior to the kneel downs were 10 seconds, 126, and three minutes. Um, I wanted to bring that up because, you know, we've been very doom and gloom. We've been very negative on this episode, but I also don't want to get so deep in our feelings that we can't see that weird circumstances are still weird and that putting up 41, you know, giving up 41 points to Colorado doesn't necessarily mean that the season is over or that you couldn't also win a game, you know, 48-41 against Oregon and Washington or Notre Dame or whatever. Like, I think there was an element of the altitude. I think there was an element of uh, being out of sorts in the second half. I think there was an element of that crowd being sort of into it. I think there was an element of Shooter Sanders making plays in the end when we've seen him now on several occasions in the fourth quarter sort of turn up his game. So USC sort of survived that. And there are reasons why this turned out the way it did. And if USC wants to go on and win games in the future, like we said before, failure is a really good um, teacher 
and players and coaches and everybody again being more cautious that <laughs> conscious that like on the road this is going to be the issue you need to be able to deal with this you need now you know what it feels like to be in these situations grow from it that is still in play that is absolutely still in play and the idea that it's not in play is just too pessimistic of a of a take for me to to live with so yeah yeah um i i I, I I'm with you and I agree. Um, I want to go to a question from Britt, Britt Winslow from, uh, from Irvine, Britt from Irvine. Uh, question that I've been wondering. Uh, the question is, can you delay the start of the Arizona car cast until 1am next week? So I have time to drive home from the Coliseum. This is one of the questions that we struggle with. Uh, you and I struggle with, uh, because, what time should we be doing a car cast uh, for these 730 games? Uh, last 730 game, the Stanford game, uh, ended up not going to the, to the game. Didn't go sit in the press box. I stayed at home, so that way we could do the car cast immediately after. Um, is that better for people? Is it better to do the thing where we go two, two hours after so we get people the most amount of time for people to, to get home and then do a car cast, even though it's going to be late at night, potentially like 1 a.m. or something? Is it better if we go Sunday? Like Sunday is an NFL day, and like, do we want really want to do that? And then is it Sunday morning? Is it Sunday evening? I know that I probably don't want to go up against Tunnel Vision Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't I don't know what the answer is. So I put up a poll. Vote in the poll if you're watching right now in on YouTube. Uh, and vote in the poll. Early returns are for immediately after, by the way. Uh, but go vote in the poll if you're if you're watching on YouTube. All the YouTube people, uh, put your little vote there, and uh, we will go back to that before we before we end this thing. Um, so yeah, y- you you can get thoughts. Um, I <laughs> I know you're anti post post midnight. I, um, my only thing is just that, like, I want people to be able to, to watch the car cast. And, uh, my worry is if we started after midnight, then, um, people will have gone to sleep because that's what normal people do. But then at the same time, last time we had a hundred people on the stream, uh, at 1am as we were wrapping up the car cast. So yeah, I don't know. There was more than that. There was, there was a bunch, there was like 200 and something people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, wasn't there three hundred people at like one a.m. the other night? I don't think it was that many. I don't. I I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. I I I uh, I'm open to any to any outcome. You just have to tell me in advance so I can make coffee. Yeah. Um. All right. What What is the chat saying? Uh, Sagar says second half watch along car cast. I I've thought about doing a, a walk a, a watch along. That would be interesting. Fighting on MC says I listen on my iPhone as I'm walking to the car. That's kind of cool. I, I I like that. Uh, VC says immediately after means I'm listening on the drive home from the collie, which makes it a true car cast. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's scrolling through here. Um, artist formerly known as Jabroni Jabroni says, if you stream, we will follow. <laughs> Love that. 
Love the dedication. Uh, Tim and Ellie says, yet another problem with the 730 time slot. Yes, this is the biggest problem with the 1030 time slot is what do we do with the car cast? I, it, it's the, it's, it's the worst part for, for that. Um, all right. We got more questions. Let's rapid fire. These, uh, Lamont says, do you have any info on Zach branch, Corey Foreman and why they didn't play? Did, you see tweets about those? I still have not seen a single thing about what was wrong with Zechariah Branch. As for Corey Foreman, I think we are very aware of why Corey Foreman is not playing, and that's because Corey Foreman is not in the two deep as far as, like, he is not a player that USC intends to play. Also, I don't think there is any justification for Corey Foreman playing, whether he suits up or not, when you have Ramelo Height and Jamal Muhammad and Anthony Lucas and... Mm-hmm. All of the Solomon Bird and all those guys who are out there doing what they're doing right now. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, S. Justin says, What will happen in the Pac 12 championship game? Uh, what would happen in the playoffs? As it stands right now, SC would have to win and uh, with a basketball score. As it stands right now, I think the safe thing to do is to look at uh, Oklahoma 2018 and uh, 51-46. 48-47, That's what it has to be, I think, yeah. is, is, a, is a safe bet, until the defense proves otherwise. And right. and I want to make it clear, like, I'm open to the defense proving otherwise. I just don't, I, I don't, I'm not planning on it. Yeah, Cameron says, can Lincoln Riley give Alec an, an ultimatum saying if the defense doesn't improve this season, you're fired? That yes. I think is already expl- implicitly think, on the table. I think that it, I think him coming back, whether or not they had that saying or not, that that conversation, I think is completely implied by him coming back after the two lane game. Yeah, I don't think there is any universe where USC uh, keeps Alex Grinch if the defense continues to be the defense that it currently is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, last couple questions here before we wrap this up. It's a college football Saturday and Alicia being a national person, mm-hmm. uh, college per- football person, uh, has got to go do those things. Uh, I got to so- go watch whatever is going on with Georgia and Auburn. Yeah. Uh, so uh, artist formerly known as Jabroti Jabroti says, what's an acceptable point total versus Arizona? Are we talking offense, defense? Defense, I think anything in the 20s at this point is uh, fair game. I, right? Less oh. than tw- 28 or less. 28 or less sounds... <laughs> I, I, I know that's not ideal, but I, that's... Like, that's not ideal, no. You take that. Yes, you when, take that. When Arizona scored 31 points against UTEP, um, Arizona scored 21 points against Stanford. I, yeah. I, uh, uh, Dave, Dave the Greater says, go down and uh, predict the reigning wins and losses. Uh, as it stand, if, if honestly, if you told me to to predict the the rest of the season as it stands right now, I would probably say SC goes ten and two with losses to Notre Dame and Oregon. The road games, uh, USC's road performances so far have been shaky enough. Yeah, that I think you have to circle the road games as losses, and then the swing, the swing game is Washington at yeah. home. And that's and that is purely Washington looks incredibly good, but we also haven't yeah. seen um, 
we haven't seen Washington go on the road against a team that hadn't had its coach fired in the, and and thrown into its whole program thrown into disarray the week the week of that game. So we'll right. see what they do against Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, uh, last thing. Uh, back to the poll. The poll. A uh, bunch of people have voted in the poll. We're at seventy-seven percent. Says immediately after. Thirteen percent says two hours after. And 9% says Sunday for a car cast after a 7.30 game. So, Brits, I'm with you. I'm with you, bud. But looks like we're looking at immediately after, which means uh, another home game for me. Another, like, literally home game uh, against Arizona. So, we'll see that. Uh, last thing, uh, our buddy Steve in the Bay Area says, can we get a see ya on Cam with the dog? Um, okay, so, Jesse right over sorry she's over, right behind your head she's over, right over, over my there. shoulder yeah uh so let, let's watch closely folks here we go here, here we go you're watching closely here we go uh all right everybody thanks for thanks for turning into the car cast this has been fun we'll uh we'll be back on monday to talk more about usc in colorado until then see ya See ya. See ya. <laughs> oh, there she goes. There she goes. There she goes. That's that's Jesse's cue. Yeah, she knows. All right. Uh, until next time. See ya. <laughs> see ya. See ya.